and I am, am feeling ready to commit my life and my activities for the future of my country. And I don't plan to go abroad. I plan to stay here and to work for my country to create a positive image of it because I am mm, very patriotic and I feel it all. And uh, I do want a peace for my country and the uh, future for my country. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 275 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church, to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, United World College, Harvard and Minerva schools at KGI, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian parliament and at the Canadian parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, and Monaco, top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland, top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai, and top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people. And this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Katerina Ionova. Katya is a student of international relations at the Institute of International Relations, Taras Shevchenko National University of Kiev. She is a leader from the Integrity Leadership School by USAID Support to Anti-Corruption Champion Institutions, Sachi, and America House Kiev. Born in Dnipro, Ukraine, Katya is a youth leader and a dancer. She has been dancing since her childhood for 12 years, doing ballroom dance, then contemporary and classical choreography. She has taken dance performances both in Dnipro and in Kiev, and she won international competitions. Katya is very keen on music. She graduated from music school and still enjoys playing piano. She is a language lover 
who is currently focused on the German language, and she is highly interested in the topics of healthy lifestyle and sports. She trains at the gym every day and worked as a fitness instructor for a while. Katya is truly an introvert who chooses books over going out with friends, and she is a productive girl who is focused on her studies and constantly improving herself as well as searching for ways to contribute to the future of Ukraine. Her favorite quote is, Discipline is doing what you hate to do, but nonetheless doing it like you love it. Said by Mike Tyson. Katya, how are you today? Feeling great and very excited for this interview. Thank you for having me today and thank you for doing so much for young Ukrainians out there. It's very important for us. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's very kind of you to say. And I want to begin with one of my most favorite questions, which is this. Katya, you study hard, you're productive, you're involved, you're active. And when you want to relax, to forget all stress and troubles and feel your favorite emotions, what do you like to do? I feel like I'm most alive when I'm working out. Generally, sports have been a part of my life since I was like three years old, and I honestly have no idea how to live without it. It's some kind of meditation for me, something that helps me to find a balance in my life, that helps me to relieve stress in all this hustle culture. And while I'm working out alone with my favorite music in my headphones, I feel like I forget all the problems and just... And getting into the right headspace to actually do the best job possible the next day. So that's my favorite. <laughs> now tell me though more you mentioned in this hustle culture. Say more about that. Um, I feel like we are rushing so much these days. We have all this pressure from the society uh, that we have to start working early. Actually, uh, in the most cases, so we start working while we are actually studying in, univers- in university, and it is very hard to combine. And we feel like we have to combine that, while we actually don't have to. We have to find time for ourselves to improve ourselves, and so we have to um, find a balance between something that Uh, society pushes us to do and something that we actually want to do and i feel like uh, in this hustle sometimes we actually forget what uh, are we trying for what we are trying to achieve and um, it's very hard to get rid of that anxiety that we are not doing enough these days and actually i also have this feeling that i'm not doing enough um, even if i'm doing a lot so Yeah, that's a hustle for, um, culture for me these days. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, it's two things. One, which is a quote, I think, by Peter Drucker, that most people are too busy being efficient that they forget to be effective. Or people are looking at the trees, forgetting the forest, or they're busy looking at their feet moving forward not realizing they might be going in the wrong direction. This is one. And second, that there is this illusion of other people that are superhuman or doing like a thousand times the work of a normal human being. And no matter how much you do, it feels like it's not enough. There could be more that any moment of rest means you're not at the your full potential. And sometimes you feel that, but... You try to rebalance yourself, to recalibrate and understand what you really want, what your goals are, and not be too busy trying to improve your life that you forget to live. Correct? That's exactly the point. Sometimes um, myself, I struggle to fully enjoy my life. Sometimes I try to do more and more and more and actually forget that I have to live. Um, I'm 19 years old. Sometimes I have to go out with friends, you know, <laughs> and not uh, being productive doesn't mean that you're actually not doing great. I agree with you 100%. And we might probably return to this more. But tell me about music as maybe a language even. 
How do you feel music? How do you understand music? How do you taste music and feel it in your body? There are a couple of things that really make me feel powerful. Um, when I'm on stage, I'm feeling powerful. I feel like people are watching me. I feel like I'm getting so much energy from them. Uh, I feel actually the same when I'm playing music, when I'm playing piano, or maybe when I'm just listening to music. I feel inspired and powerful by music. And um, it's given me so much energy to be productive later than some, that sometimes uh, when I don't listen um, enough music during the day, I don't feel productive the next day. So this matters so much for me um, that uh, it really affects uh, the way my body operates at this point. I love it. And if I heard you correctly, it's about you getting energy or receiving energy, whether you're on stage or getting the attention and the energy from the people who maybe are cheering you or enjoying the experience. It is when you play music and get from that experience more energy or even just listening to music, you can feel that it impacts your body and the next day you are even more productive. Is this right? Yes, that's the point. That's the, the whole idea. What is that energy? I know it's a metaphysical question, <laughs> but what is the energy that makes you feel powerful? And what is the meaning of a powerful Katya in your own dictionary? If you are to explain it to someone, what is that <laughs> meaning? Um, Powerful kata is positive kata. Um, I'm really the person of uh, serious and poker face. Sometimes people find it hard to um, understand my emotions. And uh, when I'm truly inspired, when I'm uh, truly doing what I love, when I'm listening to music, when I'm doing sports, I'm always smiling. I have I have no this emotional control that uh, sometimes precludes me from meeting new people, from uh, making acquaintances, from doing the best job possible. And when I'm in this powerful state, I'm truly being um, more open and um, more positive. I like that, really. So when you're powerful, it's like a cycle, if I understood correctly, where both you're receiving energy, which inspires you, but also you're doing what you love, which means you're enjoying the doing of the thing. And usually you have a poker face where you're more reserved about showing your emotions, but you can't help it and you lose that control of showing of emotions when you are uh, doing something you love, whether sports or dancing or music, etc. Is this correct? Yes. It also makes me feel more confident in the end result. What does that mean, confident in the end result? That this process <laughs> increases your confidence or that you become confident that you can achieve any goal? Because those could be two different meanings. I actually think that uh, I need my confidence to be boosted constantly by my work, by my results, by my achievements, because it is something that drops very quickly when you are, uh, especially when you are isolated from people during the quarantine and um, feeling inspired and feeling like you are actually doing something meaningful and you love it every minute of it. It helps me to be confident. And um, confidence for me is uh, being able to Respond to critics uh, in a right way when you are becoming better from the criticism uh, and not getting upset by it. Uh, well, that's the meaning of confidence for me. I love it. You shared so many wonderful things. So two things, like two paths. One of them is if you're not having the experiences that increase your confidence, it drops and that is not the most empowering or powerful way to be. And the second, that the process of doing what you love means doing something that is meaningful to you, and therefore you get energy from the experience, and therefore you feel more powerful, and therefore your confidence increases. And when you are in that state of confidence, you're not so vulnerable and almost invincible where the criticism of people, you take it as, 
constructive suggestions so that if it's correct, you can improve, or if it's incorrect, you ignore it. But either way, it doesn't hurt your confidence, emotions, or self-esteem. Is this right? Yes, that's right. Thank you. And I'm noticing that maybe it will come as a surprise to people. Like you said, you have a poker face. (laughs) I think you're a very emotional kind of person in the way that you experience emotions deeply and you experience life through emotions. Is this correct or a wrong assumption? That's correct. I feel emotions very deeply, but sometimes I feel like uh, showing these emotions on my face um, just... um, uh, it's very difficult for me in terms of energy, so I have to direct my energy not to the thinking process, to, to experiencing the moments, but to showing my emotions right. It's just very easy for me to keep my face impassive and indifferent. Uh, sometimes people think that I'm not actually experiencing uh, emotions. Sometimes they think that I'm not enjoying their company, which is very disturbing for me because I really do. I really enjoy people, even though I'm not around people as much as I probably want to be. Thank you. I then have a question just to verify. Yes, your face could be too serious. People might think that you're not so involved with them or you don't like them that much. But tell me about your eyes. Do you feel that your eyes would or are expressing that emotion even though your face is passive or not many people told me that my eyes show really everything (laughs) that i think that i think about them and that it's really easy for them to know what i feel when they are looking into my eyes but uh, my friends are telling me that not really people i meet for the first time i think for them my expression uh, can be a bit offending anyway (laughs) they don't know me that well so (laughs) Now, tell me more. When you meet new people, do you feel comfortable or is it an experience that makes you a bit nervous and is a bit awkward? That is an experience that makes me nervous all the time. Every time I apply for an internship, every time I go somewhere where I know that I will meet new people, uh, I make myself do it because I know that for being successful for being the best version of myself, I have to have a community around me, I have to uh, have great people around me, and I genuinely want to meet these people. But sometimes it just uh, there is um, some barriers that uh, prevent me from uh, being <laughs> extra nice when, you know, people are meeting each other, they try to talk, they try um, to small talk. Uh, small talk is the scariest thing for me. I just can't find the questions to ask. Uh, to ask to a person I meet for the first time, um, just uh, words are getting somewhere and I can't find even the simplest question about what's your favorite color. It's very hard for me, but um, I often have um, extrovert people around me because uh, most of my friends are extroverts. And we're, when we are going somewhere together, they are actually doing the hardest job for me. They probably don't even realize that, but... Uh, they're helping me so much to be more confident around other people. So when I get in to know them um, better, it's uh, really easy for me to understand other people. So uh, it's all right in the end, I guess. But the process can be mm, unnerving for me <laughs> sometimes, yes. Thank you. Is it fear of criticism? Is it fear of not being good enough? Is it lack of experience? What could it be the root cause of that awkward and nervous emotion? I'm actually, I actually think that I'm very good at taking criticism from other people because, well, that's what my life was before I came to university. I was doing sports a lot. I was dancing. And so I really had a lot of criticism coming to me and it was all right. I learned to deal with it all right. And I really love when people uh, criticize me in a good way, when they're thinking about what can be improved in me. And I uh, just don't ignore criticism at all, um, especially from the people I respect. Uh, But um, talking about experience, um, I don't really think that's uh, the problem I have because um, I have so many friends 
uh, it's really hard for me to even count <laughs> how many friends I have. So I really don't know the root cause of the issue, but I just think that it's my type of personality. Not that it's some kind of excuse. I know it can be improved and I'm trying very hard to improve that. Um, because I'm applying constantly for internships. Uh, I'm getting into the situations when I know I will meet new people. It is inevitable that I will meet them. It's inevitable that I will have jobs where uh, new p- people will want to talk to me um, on the um, usual basis. So um, I guess uh, I just can't identify the cause <laughs> of this problem, but it works out in the end, you know. <laughs> I'm happy it all works out in the end. And tell me, how come you have so many friends and what seems to be common among your friends? The fact that they're extrovert? Do they have some specific values that you look for in people? Is it just circumstances and situations that build that relationship? Or how does it happen for you? I've never really looked for friends intentionally. Intentionally, I never tried to have the conversations first when I come to a new environment. Just uh, somehow uh, life uh, helps me to get acquainted with people I really need on my way. And I'm very grateful for that because I don't really have much uh, best friends, only three people that I love immensely. Um, And uh, I wasn't uh, the initiator of these friendships at all. It just... uh, came to me at one point when I needed it the most, and I'm very grateful for that. But I do have many acquaintances because I visited so many dance studios along the way. I'm I'm just very open to the new experiences, and where the new experience is, uh, there are always new people. I want to know more because it came to you. Do you believe in destiny? Do you believe that there is like a higher power directing things? Or was it just a randomness, coincidence, and a little bit of good luck? I believe in a little bit of good luck. (laughs) I don't really believe in destiny that much because I'm the type of person that believes in structuring your life the way you want it to be, in achieving your goals and building your life all alone, (laughs) Uh, but um, I really think that there is some luck because I get lucky a lot, not uh, maybe in professional life just yet, I can't say that, but um, in terms of my friendships, um, I got lucky, definitely. (laughs) I want to know more about you then, because I like that you see yourself as someone lucky, that's a great identity to have, and You mentioned that you would love and prefer to spend time with books rather than going out. What kinds of books really fascinate you and attract you? It will be quite hard to explain, but I really never get relaxation from the books. I don't read books to um, enjoy myself. I don't read books to uh, relax after the hard day. And I read books to find new information. So I mostly read nonfiction. I read um, um, some complicated concepts from philosophy. I read geopolitics. I really read everything that might help me along the way, might help me in my professional life, um, and so on. I don't really uh, read fiction or poetry books just to enjoy myself because um, just I'm not used to it. I'm used to thinking of books as a source of information. And I find it really hard to just enjoy myself while reading this. How do you learn from the books? Do you stop, reflect, and then make deeper understandings? Do you just keep on reading, reading, reading? Do you stop and write notes and then look at them and analyze them? What is your process to extract knowledge? Because I notice as well that simply reading a book later on, if it's like good luck, you'll remember maybe 20% of the good ideas compared to studying that book. I feel I can't just gather knowledge from the books alone. So I take notes usually. I take actually a lot of notes. 
And then I gather the main ideas from these notes. And then I go to other people, to my friends, to just sit um, somewhere um, and talk about these concepts, to maybe sit somewhere in the kitchen and to have a long philosophical talk about uh, something something deep, you know, such deep, uh, deep conversations. They um, help you to be closer with people, to find something new about yourself sometimes. And in such a way, you are getting the whole idea of the book and you are starting to understand it. You are starting to find new examples for yourself. And in terms of professional books, something for my future job maybe that can help me uh, with that. I also have people who are studying the same major as me, so I can go to them and to try to um, express my thoughts about the book and to give them that book to read. And then we are reflecting on it uh, together. And I think that's a great experience because books are very great, but um, really uh, the most uh, of books you get uh, from other people uh, anyway, because uh, you get experience through conversation. Then why do you even small talk with new people? Why don't you jump in into the deep <laughs> fun and really, really interesting conversations? Um, people don't usually like deep conversation <laughs> straight away. Is it <laughs> assumption? No, really. Did you try it? Because I do it all the time and nobody is like, they, everybody loves it. I mean, is it an assumption or is it something you tried and people told you like, stop, no, <laughs> we hate it. Actually, I did try that a couple of times and I was told that I'm a very boring person. So I stopped doing that. <laughs> try to have a deep conversation with me so I understand <laughs> what that means when you say it because I cannot imagine how it can be boring. Well, we are having a deep conversation right now. <laughs> I think we are doing fine. <laughs> then maybe you're speaking to the wrong people. And actually there is... Since you love philosophical thoughts, I'll share to you my thought that there are 8 billion people in the world. Our role is not to compromise our personality and change in order for some people to like us, but to be ourselves, which means to do what our heart really sings when we do it. And the right people will love it. Like if you want to have deep conversations, the right people will be like, yes, we love it. We want more. And the wrong people who you would be wasting time because you don't have the same values, you're not the same vibe or energy or whatever, they will easily leave. And therefore, you save time rather than wasting your time because life is short and the number of people is too big. And the more you spend time with the right people, you feel you are you yourself with you can say anything you want you do what you love rather than changing yourself to do things that are less optimal to your happiness the better do you know what i mean yes that's really a great idea i felt it <laughs> so if people say you're boring they're saying actually we're the wrong people and that's a great reframe you know yeah Yes, that's why I'm not having deep conversations with them. I have a limited amount of people I really trust and I enjoy spending time with. Um, so I feel like I'm a happy person in terms of my relationship with other people. Tell me about your perfect day. If you could have a day where you can do anything you want in any place you want with any person you want, what you would you do first, second, third, and in the end? Hmm. Um. As an introvert, I would probably spend this day pretty much alone <laughs> because um, this is the way I re really relax. I really feel like uh, I am the person who always plans ahead and I always play my, uh, plan my day ahead. Uh, I don't really have the days when I just do nothing and I don't stick to some kind of plan. So I would create a plan for this day, something uh, akin to the plan when I plan how do I not do anything today? Uh, so I will probably wake up a bit uh, uh, later than I usually do because I I do wake up very early and probably at like eight o'clock and then I just go to the gym and do my usual routine because that's what helps me to feel better. And then I just uh, 
go for a nice walk around the neighborhood because uh, running and walking also helps me to clear my head and generally the best day for me to relax and to get in the right headspace is to um, be alone and be with nature if it's possible because i'm living in big cities and sometimes it's not possible for me to uh, move somewhere where you can find actually the nature and the river and forests and everything i love because i don't really get that much that much rest as I want to get. I recommend you take enough rest and maybe, you know, it's okay to not be a morning person if in the afternoon or night you're much more productive. And I'm curious about something. How is the experience, and I know you described it a little bit earlier, of you on stage getting energy compared to you walking in nature and getting that calmness from nature, because it seems to me to be two totally opposite experiences. So I'm curious about how it works inside your psychology when you're experiencing both. Uh, When I'm on stage, and I'm missing stage so much these days, (laughs) um, I feel proud of myself that I did something worthy. Uh, I did a performance, I did something other people probably enjoyed me doing, and I feel proud and motivated to um, get even more productive the next day. When I'm um, refreshed, uh, when I'm uh, calm, uh, when I'm going for a walk, I feel like I feel like uh, I'm worth something and I'm happy even when I'm not doing something worthy, when I'm not um, being productive. And this helped me so much to realize that uh, life is so much more than only work, than being um, productive, being active and doing something for other people. Sometimes it's just okay to get more time to yourself and to feel that uh, you exist and that's enough. I really love that. It's a lot of wisdom and the realization I'm happy you're having at your age rather than much later. I remember actually I interviewed a girl who was super, super active. She has been organizing projects since she was 24, uh, since she was 14. And then when she was 23 years old, so she had nine years of almost no rest. She burned out and she cannot do any more projects. And I know it sounds funny, but it's sad, actually. And she said she recommends to people to actually enjoy life more because when she was 14, she thought she can do this forever. But only at 23, she already feels like she already did too much and she cannot do even one more project because she's totally exhausted and burned out. Do you, do you understand this thought that she had and this experience? Um, yes, I do think that I understand this experience, but I can't really say that I had uh, like a full-scale burnout um, in my experience. Uh, I um, very often I experience that I'm very tired and that I need to ref- relax, I need to get a fresh breath, I need to take a break for a couple of days from something I'm doing. And when I do have the opportunity to do that, I do that, but sometimes I just don't, and um, I feel like I'm starting to burn out, um, to burn out emotionally. I feel like uh, I don't fully enjoy what I'm doing, and that's when I uh, force myself to take this break. When I force myself not to go um, to classes for one day in order to be productive for the next day. And uh, these are some sacrifices that um, are very hard to make sometimes because you always want to be on top of your work. Uh, But I do understand that sometimes it's needed to um, not to burn out later. And I feel like um, burning out is something that is very, um, very easy to achieve uh, at these days. Thank you. I actually had at least two burnout experiences in my life because I work too much since I'm so full of passion for what I do that I overdo it and it's really fun and cool. But when it happens, it's not even being tired. It's you literally cannot do anything. You have no desire 
no motivation. It's like even lifting your hand to begin doing something. It it feels like it has no meaning, no sense. It's like you don't want to do it and you refuse to do it and you cannot do it because it feels like no feeling. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, you never had it, it. but <laughs> no. what? Thankfully, I haven't experienced it as of yeah, yet. So it's not being tired. It's not being like exhausted that you need to sleep all day and spend two days sleeping. It's literally, even if you sleep, you don't want to do anything. Like you cannot. It's like there is no um, emotion for it. There is nothing. <laughs> you just want to just <laughs> sit and and that's it. But after some time, like you think it will be forever. <laughs> after some weeks or some months, depending on the people and their severe burnout, then you begin returning to normal bit by bit. But yeah, it's an interesting thing because I view life always as an adventure. And I have this thing where I remember like last year, I twisted my ankle it was pretty severe. And then I was laughing and people were like, what's going on? You're crazy. And I thought, well, I believe in variance, if you know about statistics, that for us to have the good days, we need also to open ourselves to bad days. And I believe I will have every year at least two bad days. That will be the payment for all the happiness (laughs) and success and good things. And therefore, I was happy. It was just a twisted ankle, not something worse. And therefore, for me, I expected, but in a positive way. I think, okay, this year, at least two very bad things will happen. And that is the payment and the price for having the opportunity and the privilege to achieve or get good things and happy moments. What are your thoughts about this philosophy? Um, I don't really strive to be happy all the time. I know people are used to wish to be happy. It's same kind of standard. People want to appear adhere right now. Um, people who are happy are viewed as socially attractive. From one point, you can say that because everyone is trying to be happy and that's all right, I think. But I embrace the fact that I will not always be happy. There will be bad days. There will be days when I um, feel like I'm not not um, ready for everything that is waiting for me because I don't know anything about my future and I love to plan so much and uh, I feel like uh, there is so much that I cannot predict and it pisses me off. (laughs) So I am trying to be mentally ready for the fact that there will be um, bad days ahead but I'm strong enough to deal with it and to uh, feel uh, well. In, uh, at the end of the day. So um, what I'm trying to do is to choose direction for my actions uh, and so work uh, towards small goals so that I feel really proud when I achieve them rather than setting myself very big ultimate results and goals, achievements, uh, because so many things can go wrong and I can change my preferences, uh, can change the way I see the future. So... Um, when I set in small goals, not big ones, uh, the future is more clear for me and I'm actually feeling like I'm doing all right. And this um, unpredictability about uh, everything that future holds uh, doesn't scare me so much. And I feel like I'm happy in this particular moment, not only in the, some point in future. Thank you. For me, and there is in psychology, the difference between happiness, which is temporary peak state, and fulfillment, which is, do you remember when you spoke about being in nature, feeling that you're worthy, that you deserve everything, that you don't need to do anything for others, but you're complete and whole in that moment? Yes, I do remember that. (laughs) That's what I mean with happiness for me. But psychologically, it's called fulfillment, which means that even bad days, even anything, you can still feel that it's okay and you're, you don't need to achieve. And that's why, for me, it's two things, and I don't know how it is for you. It's about, first, the person I become on my way to the goals. It's not about the final achievement. And second... It's one of my most favorite quotes is, it's much better to travel happily 
than to arrive. So making the journey or the plans or the walking of the path fulfilling is really, really what we have in life. Because if you count the achievements, what, there are a few days here and there, and the rest of the days, if someone is either working so hard that they forget to live or doing uh, things that are not like they're, they're suffering inside, it, it's just you're burning your life away for a few peak moments of happiness and the rest is being unhappy. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. <laughs> I still haven't defined the concept of happiness for me, but I do strive to feel fulfillment more often. And to know even more about you, I remember you said something. When you're walking in nature, you try to not focus your energy in the thought or even when you are with people and you want to express emotions, you want embody the energy and show the emotion in your face rather than thinking and looping the thought. Is this correct? Yes, <laughs> that's correct. When you are doing sports, does it feel different that you're not thinking so much, but you're more in your body, similar to uh, that feeling of uh, being with your emotions and showing them on your face? Um, when I'm doing sports, I'm also not showing emotions on my face. That's the way my biology works, I guess. But when I do sports and when I walk in nature, I feel the same fulfillment. Um, the emotion is pretty much the same. And um, it is always inside of me and I don't translate it that much because, you know, there's no one to translate, uh, translate it for uh, when you are walking alone or when you are doing sports alone. Mm, but it helps me to gather my resources and to have this positive mindset that I can share a bit later when I'm around people. So that uh, uh, functions as my recharger, I guess. I like it. You know, there is deep down, if you were summarize a lot of the psychological thoughts, it's that there are two things fighting inside every human, the we or the community orientation and the I or the independent orientation. And then you, it's like, I noticed that it's both when you're in nature, being alone by yourself, feeling love for yourself and, you know, and Buddhism love is defined as you accept what you, you, you are and what is so much that you don't want to change it. Because when you love something, you don't want to change it. And at the same time, you mention that even when you do such things, you recharge yourself so that you can be in a better mood and give more energy to people, which is the we or the community orientation. And psychologically, these two fight inside the person and they don't lead to peace. What is your thought on this? <laughs> um, I think that right now I'm feeling as peaceful as I try to be all the time. I feel really content with the way my life goes and the way I live it and the way I enjoy it. So I don't really feel that inner struggle uh, inside of me <laughs> that much. Thank you. Tell me about legacy. If you are, I know you're 19, you don't think that far ahead, but imagine you're 99. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not speaking about achievements, but how would you want people to remember you? That would be an important thing that you wish others to remember you for. Maybe some traits, some character, some attitude, or you don't even want to be remembered. <laughs> I do want to be remembered as all the people that choose the international relations major, I think, because we'll have our ambitions to become maybe for someone it's a diplomat, for someone representative of their country. And I am feeling ready to commit my life and my activities for the future of my country. And I don't plan to go abroad. I plan to stay here and to work for my country to create a positive image of it because I am Mm, very patriotic and I feel it all and uh, I do want a peace for my country and uh, future for my country so I'm ready to work for that I, and if I want to be remembered which I do want to be <laughs> I want to be remembered for doing something for my country specifically mm. 
Yeah, that's that's, it. <laughs> that's really kind, really wonderful. I have a lot of questions about it. And it reminded me of one girl from your institute who said she wants future generations, the young children, to read about her in the history books. And I thought that's really ambitious. Do you have similar one or you want to leave the impact rather than the name? I actually don't care if I'm reading in history books, but I do want to leave an impact. I do want to be remembered for doing something significant, uh, for something that really impacts the way the future generations live in my country. So um, it really doesn't matter if I'm in books or not, but I do want to be remembered. Or if I'm not remembered, I just want something that I have done to continue to live uh, through the future actions of the people who will be working on the same ideas, the same projects after me. Thank you. And I'm curious about that feeling. How is that feeling similar or different to when you're on stage and you feel you're doing something meaningful? Um, I just love to be able to feel that I'm, I have done something meaningful, I guess, but uh, I can feel like these feelings are pretty much the same because right now I'm not dancing as much as I want to and I'm not uh, into art as, uh, as much as I want to because I really want to focus on my education and that's why I am directing all my energy uh, to studying new things, to getting new experience, to getting new internships. Uh, but uh, the feeling of satisfaction with my work, it stays the same whatever I do, uh, whether it's art, whether it's my professional life. When I have done something uh, and I achieved that and I'm feeling proud of it, uh, it's pretty much the same feeling. And I don't really separate that. Yes, now you're dancing on the diplomatic stage. <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> Tell me, though, I'm really curious now. In your attitude, are you a giver? Which means, which one is more valuable to you? That you make someone else happy or that another person makes you happy? And I know you say, oh, I didn't define happy. What does it mean? But, you know, humor me for a second <laughs> and uh, imagine happiness is any positive thing. Well, which one would you prefer to give the energy to someone else to make them happy and that increases your energy or to receive? I do want to give more, but right now I feel like much. I'm much more of a receiver. I'm on receiving end of the energy because I feel like I'm getting so much knowledge right now that I can use in future to make something meaningful and to make someone else feel better in the end. But right now I'm just... Uh, like the machine that is got a new experience, uh, new people that is uh, really trying to study and um, study everything that's happening around myself. So I feel like I'm uh, receiving more than I give right now. I'm not sorry for that. <laughs> yes, I like it. Like the quote, sorry, not sorry. So <laughs> you're not sorry for that. If What is your advice? to other young Ukrainians who maybe felt a bit depressed because of the quarantine or they feel there is no hope or life in their life, they're stuck, in order to feel like a machine similar to you that is assimilating knowledge, experiences, growing, becoming stronger and more powerful and able to impact? I would like to say that um, as long as you continue uh, to um, go ahead and to follow your dreams, everything will be possible for you. Right now, it may feel like um, everything is stuck in one place when you are not meeting new people, when you are not um, getting new experiences, when uh, you are stuck at home and um, you are not able to do everything you love, but it will not continue for so long as you think it will. You will... Uh, become more active just because you can do that and um, if you work towards your future it just can be as bad as you maybe imagine it when you are in a bad mood <laughs> thank you so if i understood though about you really people are very important for you in many ways what where you are right now 
is at a stage where you're growing your potential for impact and your abilities. And that comes from the knowledge that you gather through people, whether by the books they have written or by the deep conversations with similar-minded or even smarter people. And that allows you to have even better ideas that make you more of a machine that is stronger and able to forge towards the future and make Ukraine better, make the lives of Ukrainians better and impact people in a way where everything you have received, you return stronger and more multiplied forever. Is this correct? That is correct. That's what I'm trying to do, what I'm encouraging everyone to do. Thank you. And I notice also it's a different metaphor to the ones you use when you're speaking about art. Art is different. It's about sharing an experience, while this is about being a cause of change and impact that opens possibilities. Is this right? That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you, Katya. And if people want to follow you on social media, what is the best social media to do that? And is there any project that you would like to share some information about right now or just about your institute? Why did you choose international relations? Maybe some young students or people who are, will study in the future will be inspired by you to choose the same Uh, topic and subject and specialty, please share. I chose international relations because I genuinely believe that uh, this knowledge is the best way possible for me to make change and for every young person who is interested in the image of their country on the international stage and who is interested in future of their country. And there are people, I think that um, political science and international relations are the things that are worth pursuing. And there are um, educational establishments that are ready to give uh, all the education you need for this. Uh, all you need is to study hard and follow your dreams and you will make the change because uh, because you just, if you want it to happen, you will make change. There's no other option. Uh, and uh, about following me on social media, I share a lot on my Instagram, uh, the new projects that I may have, and I think I'm going to have them very soon. Uh, everything I share in my stories, so you can follow me on Instagram, and I will be very glad to see you there. Thank you so much, Katya. It was a privilege, an honor, and a great time. I wish you a brilliant day. I I'm pretty sure, actually, this gave you even more inspiration and energy because I can feel it in your words to have a productive day tomorrow. And that's what I wish for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was such a great conversation. I really enjoyed it so much. <laughs>